Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 17th of January 2010 and the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 4 verses 34 to 38. Here's Pastor Tom Gritz. Well it's good to be with you tonight. Um, you do need to pray for your pastor and because uh, 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 he's, out, he's out preaching today but also most of you if you may not know He's been teaching all week. He's been up at the Bible College teaching every night except for Wednesday night. He teaches from uh, 6 o'clock in the evening till 10 o'clock at night. They have about a 30-minute break there in the, in the middle. So if you add up all those hours that he's been teaching and then add up all the hours he's preaching today, when he gets home, he's going to be tired. He's going to be wore out. You need to pray for him. And then also pray for Brother Damien. I noticed you had him this morning. I'm glad I wasn't here either this morning. No. Uh, he, he also was teaching last week. He also taught on, on uh, uh, doctrine, number, uh, doctrine One during the week at Bible College too. Plus, Saturday he was up in, in uh, uh, Cohen Bay in North Wales and taught for about, I think, four or five hours there. And, of course, he preached here this morning. He's preached probably tonight at his home church. He's going to be tired. And uh, uh, so I hadn't done it that week. I've been out of the college, but I didn't have to teach. All I did was uh, I was a tea lady. And uh, my wife and I, we just uh, made sure they had the tea and the coffee ready and whatever they had for break time. And so once the break time's over, we went home. And so, uh, but uh, I know how it goes. I, I teach, we, we do the same thing. And, and uh, when you're out doing things like that, it is fun because that's what God's called you to do, but it is work. And I know a lot of times, a lot of people say, oh, those pastors, they have it so easy. Oh, the only day they pre, only day they work is on Sunday. How many believe that? Uh, I know some of you, you probably do, but you won't be raising your hand. I know you won't. Some of you think, oh, that's it. No, if he's your pastor and he's the right pastor, he's going to be doing other things besides that. And uh, so you pray for him, and uh, when he comes home tonight, he's just going to be wore out and tired. Uh, you know, give him a chance to let him rest. Give him a chance to just recharge his battery. Let Jane beat him up a couple of times before he gets back. And so, uh, you know, he'll feel a lot better. And so, uh, but we're glad to be able to be with you this, this evening. Our folks there in the Temple Baptist Church in Wolverhampton are doing great and having a good time uh, serving the Lord. Uh, we got a, a lot of great things hopefully coming up this year, trying to attempt, trying to do, setting goals, uh, seeing things happen for the glory of the Lord. And uh, as most of you know, we've been trying to, to build on to our building because we're outgrowing our building. But because of the economy, the way it went, none of the banks really want to touch us at the moment in time. And so what we're deciding this year is just go ahead and keep going on. And if we start growing and bulging out at the seams, then we'll go to two services. And if we bulge out in those, we'll go to three services. If we're bulging out in those, we're really going to be, should have enough people there to, to build it ourselves. And, uh, uh, but we're just deciding, we're just going to keep on going on with the Lord and we're not going to stop, you know, just because of that and just keep God and, uh, God in front of us, our eyes upon our Savior and just keep going on for Him. And that's what God wants us all to do. Just keep going on for Him. You have your Bible with you tonight. Take it to John chapter four. John chapter number four tonight. <clears throat> Something that you've probably heard about it and you are a mission minded church here. I can tell by uh, looking at your bulletin and tell by the, 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 on, the, on the walls. and you, you are concerned and love missionaries. But, you know, sometimes we take that, though, as a substitute of our own mission. Now, what I mean is 
Oh, well, as long as I'm giving to missions, God doesn't expect me to do anything else in missions. No, God expects us all to still be involved in the harvest. The harvest truly is great. The harvest is plenteous. The harvest is already widened to harvest, but the laborers are few. We always put uh, the onus on the, uh, on the pastor. It's the pastor's responsibility. It's the pastor's responsibility. It's the pastor's responsibility. Yes, he's the pastor. He has a lot of responsibility. One of the things we're doing at Temple and, and, and uh, what we're trying to do this coming year too, I'm not doing a lot of the uh, planning. The people are. They're going to be doing the planning. They're going to be the organize, organize, uh, doing the organization. I'm being there just to be a help and a guide. They need help and find some place I can help them. But it's those people. They need to do it. Same with you. It's just not your pastor, but we shoulder the work together. It's a working together. It's coming together and working. You're going to have a work day. You're going to have a work day. What an excuse already have you made up that you can't get here? Honest. What excuse have you already made up that you not can't get here? You know, we always make a lot of excuses. We always say, well, I got other things to do. Well, we can do those things so we won't have to do the things we don't want to do. Yeah. You know, Birmingham is not going to move. Town center is not going to move anytime soon. You know, so you can still come, even though the shopping will still be there if you don't go one Saturday. You know, you know, uh, you know all the shops aren't going to close just because you didn't go. You know, but, you know, that's the thing we do. We make excuses why we can't do what we really we ought to be doing. In John chapter 4 and verse 35 and 36, he says, Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. And both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Look and see the work, the harvest. The harvest is an, is an involvement of many. The harvest is not just the farmer. The harvest is all those who help the farmer. They have workers that come on that are paid to help pick the fruit, to pick the, the vegetables, to do all the work that needs to be done. There are others who come in to help to plow the fields. You know, I know a lot of us, we've been complaining about the snow. How many of you claimed, uh, complained about the snow? Now, be honest. There's one. And some of you aren't being honest tonight. You know, we complain. But you know what? Snow is important. Snow puts nitrogen back into the farmer's fields. It also, one of the men today says the snow also, as the, as the, as they have tilled the ground, tilled the, plowed the ground now, and those clods have gotten frozen, and then now begin to thaw out, they become softer, and then the farmer says then it's easier to plow it again and to till that ground to get it ready for planting. God always has his season. God always has a reason for that season. And God always has a plan for that way. And that's what we have to get into. We have to get into God's plan and watch him show us how to do it. You see, a lot of times why a lot of people don't come out to church or go out and evangelize is they think it's hard work. Yes, it is. The harvest is not easy. The harvest is hard work. But I like what Jim says. Jim, he's our maintenance man out at the White House, out of the college. Jim's been there for years. And Jim says, don't work hard, but work smart. And he knows how to work pretty smart, getting things accomplished where it looks like you worked hard. And a lot of times God is saying, yes, it's hard work, but let's work smart. 
Let's work it in God's way. Let's work it in God's plan. Let's work it in God's purpose. And we will then see the benefits. We will then see the, the blessings. We then will see the opportunities. We will not begin to go, this is hard labor, hard work. No, look what God has given to us because of laboring. So we got to understand that if we're going to work in his harvest, it's going to take work, but we want to work it God's way. And we work God's way, it's working together, a unity of work together to accomplish the task together. The more that all of you come and the more hands that you have, then the, the, the shorter time you will be here to get any task taken care of. Now, you got to be understand, now, there's a word that I used. I hope you caught it, unity. I've had it before, and I'm pretty sure Brother uh, brother Curtis has had this before. I'm going to have a work day, and this is what we're going to do. And you plan it all out, and everybody shows up, but everybody has their own idea of what they want to do on the work day. So you got somebody over here all by themselves working here. you got somebody over here working here. you got somebody over there working here, and they're not working to the plan, and all of a sudden you never really get anything done. Why? Because there wasn't any unity. You see, if we're going to get out into the harvest field and we're going to get out and do the work that God wants us to do, there takes unity. Shouldering the work together. Not saying, well, I don't want to do it this, that way. This is the way I want it. No, it's doing it God's way and working together. And when we begin to work together God's way, we will see the task accomplished. The harvest of the world is the same. Whenever you walk out these doors or you walk out of your house uh, door to go out into that world, you are in the harvest field. The harvest field is not around, uh, uh, you know, across the sea. The harvest world is not in Haiti, even though there's a need there. The harvest field, as soon as you walk out of your house, you are in the harvest field. You are to be working. You are to be doing the job that God has called us to do. Now, there's some other portions of Scripture that talk about the harvest. In Matthew chapter 9, and verse 37 and 38, he says, He saw the people having no shepherd. And he talks to the disciples, and he says this, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, as he was talking to his disciples and he saw the people with, with, as people not having a shepherd, he said the harvest is plenteous. Hey, there's enough work for everybody. And that's still the same today, folks. There's still enough work for everybody. The harvest has never changed. Uh, the harvest never changes every year for the farmer. He does the same thing. He goes and, and, and plants, even though we don't understand that sometimes he goes out and plants, you know, February's coming up. And they're going to start uh, planting things in February. Now you look at February and say, wait a minute, that's still winter time. But no, he knows that's the time it needs to be done. And God says the harvest is plenteous. There's no place where we can sit and say, well, you know, I, 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 we finished our work here. Have you really finished the work in Birmingham? Is every door in Birmingham being knocked and told about the Lord Jesus Christ? Is every soul in, in this area? Just take two blocks of this area. Are there all those people you have reached and they have come to know Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior? See, the harvest plenteous. The harvest is plenteous. The 
The laborers are few. Look again, look in Luke chapter 10 and verse 2. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, here Jesus appoints the 70 and sends them out. He says, therefore, saith he unto them, the harvest truly is great. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. See, he said there's plenty of work to do, but it's a great work now. It's a great work. But there's two things in those two verses that are the same. The labors are few. The workers are not working. The workers are not being unified. We talk about unions. And we'll go to a shop and we'll work and we'll join the union. And boys, they're going to do anything. We'll, we'll get behind that union. And man, we'll get, we'll get behind it. We'll, we'll carry the placards. We'll vote against it. We'll vote for this. We'll vote for that. Cause well, that's what the union wants. But we won't have union to work under our Lord Jesus Christ. Me go out and tell somebody the Lord. Me go out and give a, give a, a leave to somebody. Me go out and do something. Listen, God wants unity. We'll give it to the world, but we won't give it to God. Don't you see what God wants in his, his work? It's plenteous. It's great. But then we come down to John chapter 4 and verse 35 and verse 36. He comes down to this one, and he says in verse 35, Say ye not there, yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto, unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they white already to harvest. In Matthew, that was plenteous. There in Luke, it was, it was great. But then we come down to John, it's white to harvest. It's now. It's a moment and time to do the work now. It's not any time to say, oh, well, we got four months. Oh, well, we got a little bit of time. Oh, well, we don't know when the Lord's coming back, so we have enough time. He says, no, right now those fields are white unto harvest. Right now is the time, folks. Right now in the moment is the time of being in the harvest field because they're white to harvest. If we are premillennial people and we believe in the intimate return of Jesus Christ, that's the next event we're looking for is the fact that when Jesus comes and takes the believers out of this, out of this world, we'll be with him in, 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 uh, in glory. But see, that means when we're gone, people don't have a chance anymore. See, we're supposed to be working all the way up to that point. Now, when I say all of us, that means everybody. I don't care if you're 102. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to be working up to that time when God calls you out. I don't care if you're five years old. If you're five years old and you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, then you're supposed to be out there in the harvest field. Now, that means anybody in between there has the responsibility of being in the harvest field. There's none of us that are exempt. You can't go to the doctor and get a doctor's sick note and say, I can't go to the harvest. You know what? Even if you're in the hospital, that's the harvest field. You're in the right spot to tell those nurses, to tell those doctors, let them know about the Lord Jesus Christ. You're in the right spot where you can be because they're there to help you and, 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 and be with you, and you can be able to have a chance. 
You see, we think, oh, we're exempt. None of us are exempt. None of us can say, I can't. But we should say, I will. You see, because, first of all, we're all called to the harvest. We are all called to the harvest. In verse 35, he says, he says there, he says, Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Lift up your eyes and look on the field, for it's white to harvest. He's calling us to the harvest. He was talking about in the others where the labors are few. But now he's saying it is called time to work. Folks, it's time now to, be, to begin to, to, to be in the harvest field. Now, one of the things that we've been talking about at Temple Baptist Church in the last few weeks, we've been talking about our own lives. You see, if, if our lives are right with God, and if our lives are walking with God, and our lives are influenced by God, then we're going to make a difference for God. But if my life is not any different from what it was, you know, even after I got saved, I'm still acting like I was when I was before, before I got saved, then I am not being a prophet to God. I'm not being profitable at all. God has never said for us to just sit down in our, in our Christian life and sit there and boo-hoo. God says, get out and get to work. And you say, well, Pastor Gritz, I can't get out and walk. I can't get out. You know what then you're supposed to do? Pray. Pray. Oh, but prayer, prayer changes things. It says, pray ye therefore the Lord to harvest, that he will send forth laborers. You may not be able to get out and go out and do some of those things, but boy, you can pray and begin to pray and ask God, touch somebody else's heart, touch their lives, that they get on fire for you, that they'll begin to go and do something for God. And when you begin to pray for the labors of God, and you pray with, with a, a fervent prayer, and you get on, your, on fire with him in your prayer life, you will be surprised what God will do with your prayers. The reason why we don't do that is because we have other things to do. We've got Emmadale Farm to watch. We've got Big Brother to watch. We've got, uh, uh, what else? I know you're not going to you're not going to say anything now because you know then you go I know you, you I watch that you know you know you know we got we got to go watch Aston Villa you know got to watch Birmingham City go you Wolves I'm a Wolves fan even though we got beat yesterday at least we're not in the bottom yet again. See, we look out at this world, and there's so much that we think, that's important to me. No, if you can't get out of the harvest field, you are to pray that God will send more. And you ought to earnestly pray. He said, we're all called. He said there in verse 35, look. In other words, lift up your eyes. Quit looking down. You know, we look down, that, gives, that shows us that we're not looking where we're going. You ever run into anybody or run into something because you weren't looking? I have. It's embarrassing, especially when you run into a signpost. What's the first thing you do? You look around, see if anybody saw you. You know, that's the first thing you do because of your conscience. You know, I remember one time uh, I, I was I went down to Wolverhampton. And I went, it was just before closing time, and I had to go get something real quick. And I walked across the car park, and they had one of those little chain uh, fences, you know, just a, a, a little rope chain. And so I got up, and I went like that and to, to hop over it, and I caught my foot. Bam, fell down right flat on my belly. Oh, man, I jumped up, looked around, see if anybody saw me, you know. You know. 
We look around. But, you know, God says, listen, lift up your eyes. Folks, realize there's a world out there. We live in such a small world. How many of you, and I don't want you to answer this, answer in your own life. When you leave here tonight and you get home and you close your door, do you think of anything that's going on the rest of the day? Tomorrow, if the Lord gives you tomorrow, what's going to be your first thought? My first thought ought to get up, God, today is the day of the harvest. And I need to be about it. I know what most of you think, I got to go to school tomorrow. I got to go to work. You know, that's your harvest field. You see, when we begin to look at it as God wants us to look at it, then it looks important. There's a benefit in eternity to it. He says, look on the fields. He said, he lift, lift your eyes and look out there and see what's going on and see the harvest. A lot of times we don't see it. We only see a mass of people and we can't see the harvest because of all the people. But the people are the harvest. We don't want to look at that because see what happens when we begin to really look at that, it really begins to burden our heart and then we begin to say, wait a minute, it's too big of a work for me. That's the second thing. Not only we're called to harvest, but we're called into the work. In verse 36, the very first part, and he that reapeth receiveth wages. You know, God will pay you for working. God doesn't expect you to work for free. But God will pay us. Now you say, I haven't seen any pounds. I haven't seen any anything like that in my pocket. No, God's not going to give us pounds, but God's going to give us blessings. God's going to give us spiritual food. God's going to give us spiritual blessings. One of the things that we try at Temple, we, we try to see what God is doing through our prayers. What's God doing through your prayer? What's God doing through your prayer life? Do you have a prayer life? You see, that's one of the first things as a Christian. There's some basics that we ought to have as Bible reading and prayer. That's a basic. And if we don't even have that in our lives, we don't have a good foundation in our lives. Well, I expect somebody else to do that for me. I, I, I told the, the, uh, the students yesterday at, uh, up at, uh, at Wales, I said, we're not here to spoon feed you. You see, a lot of times, a lot of people come to church and just want to be spoon-fed. All right, Brother Curtis, just I'll open my mouth and you just put it in. That's really not Christianity. The Bible says, at one time, we are babes in Christ, and we want the sincere milk of the word. But once we get up to a point, we get up to a point where our taste buds are different. We begin to mature, and we don't want just milk anymore. We want pasta. Chicken, steak. You know, I went, we took one of our ladies out today uh, for, for her birthday. She turned 70. And we took her out and we had uh, uh, roast pork, you know, with, with, the, with the, the roast potatoes and, and, and the whole bit, man. I mean, you know, it was good. You know, then they had Belgian waffles afterwards. You know, it was good, you know. You know, our tastes change. And God, in our spiritualized folks, we should never just stay on, on milk. God wants us to realize, hey, get off the milk and get into the work and let's get started in, into, his, into his word and let's get the meat of the word in our lives. 
Because when we get the meat, then we have the protein. We have the protein, we have the strength. When we have the strength, we can do the work. I at one time went to a potato harvest. Uh, we had a farmer, their children would come to our church, and they asked, he asked me to come one year to, to help in the potato harvest. And so uh, he really didn't pay me any, any money, but he sure gave me a lot of bags of potatoes. And with five children, that really helped with all those potatoes. But, of course, we'd go and we'd take our lunch, or we'd stop at 10 o'clock and we'd have, we'd have breakfast, they call it. And so they'd have another sandwich or something and something to keep, get their strength back. And then we'd go and we'd go to lunch and then we'd have lunch and, and we'd go on to the time of probably around four o'clock. We'd probably finish. But you know, we had that substance so that we could do the work. When we don't get into our word of God, when we don't pray, when we don't do just the basics, then we're lazy. We do not have the strength that we need to have. And God says, do those things. Because see, you are called to the harvest. We are called to work. We are called to work. And God says, I will reward you. He says there, you'll have, he'll have rewards in eternity, and you can have fruit that remains here on earth. God says, I will make sure you are compensated for the work. But the only way we're going to be compensated is we're working. God's not going to bless you for sitting. God's not going to bless you for just not doing what God wants you to do. God will compensate us, but you're only compensated when you do something. You're not compensated when doing nothing. You shouldn't be. If you are, you have the wrong idea of life. Life doesn't owe, you, owe us a thing. Did you know that? Society doesn't owe me a thing. The government doesn't owe me a thing. Now, folks, let me mention this. I did this with our folks. It took me several years to be able to say this to them because I would be talking to them about tithing and, and giving, and, and, and some of them came to me, but, but Pastor Gritz, I can't do that because, see, I'm on, I'm on benefits. I, I, you know, I get, I get it from, from the government, and, and if they find out that I'm doing this in the government, they'll take my money away from me. I finally got brave enough, and I said, some of you think the council and the government are God. You are afraid of them more than you are of God. Because if they take, if I do something, they'll take my money away. You're afraid of them. Who give them the money to, to start with? God. Who has control of the government anyway? God. Who can compensate you if you do the work that God calls you to do? God. Folks, get off the duff of saying, oh, well, everybody owes me something. They don't owe you a thing. The Bible says those that don't work don't eat. Did you know that? We need to be out there doing the work that God's called us to do because the harvest is already white. That means it's, it's at, the, at the peak, and if we don't do the job right now, it's going to be gone. He says, listen, I will reward you. And then the third thing, we're called to labor together. Look at verse 36, the last part of verse 36. He says, and gather fruit unto life eternal, that both, it says both. It doesn't say just one, but it says both. It says there, both the he that soweth 
And he that reapeth may rejoice, what? Together. Remember I said earlier, the more hands that come to work together in unity, the more you get finished, and the more than you rejoice together. You know, they have weddings. And I'll go to a wedding as long as they have wedding cake. You don't have wedding cake, don't invite me. Because if I have to go endure some of those things, I want to at least get something out of it. Wedding cake. My daughter, my second daughter, she was getting married. And she hadn't been to a lot of, a lot of weddings. And she said, I just want it simple and elegant. And I said, I had no problem with that. She says, but I'm not going to have a cake. I said, I'm not coming. Why not, Dad? If I'm going to a wedding, I want wedding cake. And, and, and she said, talk to her mom. Her mom said, well, that's your dad. You know, if, he doesn't, if they're not going to be wedding cake, he's not going to come. You know what she finally said? Well, Dad, you're paying for it. You can have whatever you want. You know what I did? I went out. I picked out her wedding cake, exactly how I wanted it de- decorated, and paid for it. I had a wedding cake. Now, folks, God says, I'll let you have your cake. And I'll let you eat it too. But you got to be in the work. You need to be working together. When we work together, then there's a joy. There's a joy of working together, both the sower and the reaper. And 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbands. You are God's building. We are work laboring together. Folks, when one of our laborers gets sick or one of our laborers gets hurt, what should we do? We should go over there and help them and get them up and, 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 and nurse them and get them to the point where they're back working together with us. He says, we may rejoice together. Psalms 126 and verse 6 says this, He that goeth forth and weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. When we can work together, we'll see profit. We will see the, 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 uh, the, what we want to see. We'll see souls. We'll see more people. We'll see more people coming into the work. We'll see a lot more than what we could ever could dream of. But we have to get into the work, folks. This doesn't come just because you're sitting here. It doesn't come just because the church is on this road. It doesn't come just because the lights are on. It comes by people getting out and doing the work that God's called us to do, to go out into that harvest field, to go out and knock those doors, to go out and tell those people, to go out and let them know, hey, I know Jesus and he can take make a difference in your life. It takes us getting involved. It takes us doing the work. It takes us working together. Then we'll see what God has for us. At Tillman Baptist Church, for a long time, that's what the people thought. We just, we're here. They ought to just come. Until one day they realize, Pastor Gritz, they don't just come. We've got to go out and tell them. And then when they started doing that, we saw the increase. Bethel Free Baptist Church at one time had a glorious past. So I remember when you first came into this building and you had the, 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 the risers all the way up to the top where they had this whole tabernacle where people used to fill it. Is times like that past? No. It still can happen to Bethel Free Baptist Church, but it only will happen when people get into the harvest.
Are you sitting there tonight going, oh, Pastor Gritz, you don't know what in the world you're talking about. That's fine. But what's the Scripture say? The Scripture tells us to get involved. The Scripture tells us to get off the bottom and get, on, get out and get going. The Scripture tells us we don't have any, any excuse whatsoever of not being involved. Not because of where I live, not because of my station in life, not because of my education, not because of my lack of it. Folks, God says we all be in the work. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word and what you have to say to us. And God, there's a work that still needs to be done, and it's still, right now, it's important. The harvest is already white. It's time. So, Father, I ask your blessings upon these people. I ask you that you just be with them and realize the work is still there. May they get involved. Which in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, before we sing our closing hymn, I forgot to give you the background of hearing John. You understand one thing, when, when Jesus finally came to that point of telling them, look, Jesus said, I had gone to Samaria. This is what it's all about. He had said, I must go through Samaria. He went through Samaria. That's where he met the woman at the well. Now, when he met the woman at the well, he had already sent his disciples in to get, get food. But the disciples didn't do what Jesus wanted them to do. And so he had to show them what they needed to do. See, when, when, when Jesus met with that woman in the well and she come to know him as his Lord and Savior, then she went back into Samaria. And here came the disciples out with food and Jesus is sitting there and says, I'm not hungry. Now, you know, if your husband or your teenagers or your children come in and they've been out all day and they come in and you pick them something to eat and they say they're not hungry, you know something's wrong. They said, but Jesus, we bought the food. And they said, he said, I've already had food. But he didn't understand the spiritual food he was talking about. And he did not, they didn't understand the fact that he had, been, he had been with that Samaritan woman and she got saved and she went back into town. And when, when, when you read that portion of Scripture, what you find out when Jesus said, look and lift your eyes up, he was seeing that, that woman coming with a bunch of people. So she went back into town and said, I found a man, the man that we've been looking for that told me all I have done, the Messiah. And she begins to bring hordes of people out. And what did the disciples do? You see, they were Jews. And they didn't want to be touched by these Samaritans because they were dirty. And so they only went in to do what they did and come back out. A lot of times that's the way we are. We only do what we want to do because we don't want to get soiled by the world. And not realizing we need to touch lives with our lives, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm.